Welcome to Are We Europe Readouts. Today we're reading a story from our latest print magazine, Unsilenced, the colonialism issue. It explores Europe's relationship with its colonial past and present. Stumbling Stones, written by Alex King and read by Kirill Hartog. A bell rings and the playground falls silent. Some of my classmates clasp their hands behind their backs in earnest attempts at commemoration. Others glance around furtively. I stand like a toy soldier, crumpled cardboard poppy pinned to my lapel, trying to conjure memories of trenches in which I have never stood. It's the 11th of November, Remembrance Day in the UK, Armistice Day in France and Belgium, and Independence Day in Poland. I'm only seven years old, but the nation in which I live wants me to remember the 20 million people, including over 1 million Britons, who died in the First World War. Maintaining memory of the Great War is a state-led effort. Between 2014 and 2018, the UK marked the 100th anniversary of the war with 16 million euros ring-fenced for memorial projects, 2,500 hours of special BBC programming, and an initiative to bus millions of schoolchildren to the battlefields of the Western Front. Commemoration across Europe costs hundreds of millions of euros each year. Compared to this rite of remembrance, Europe is conspicuously silent about its colonial past. In the UK, the dark history of the British Empire is overlooked in schools. There is no day of remembrance for those who died as a result of British colonialism. When Black Lives Matter protesters argue that silence is violence, this is what they mean. National memory, curated by the state, is tight-lipped about colonial atrocities, despite European colonialism claiming 50 million lives in the 20th century alone. There's clearly a big gap in memory, says Aline Sirp, Associate Professor of European Studies at Maastricht University and co-founder of the Memory Studies Association. And there's this big problem of amnesia when it comes to the role European states and European people played in colonialism. In World War I, it was clear who were the victims and the perpetrators. It's the same with colonialism, but European states aren't used to seeing themselves exclusively as perpetrators. We still don't remember the colonial project as something inherently European, which came with blatant human rights violations. The scale of those violations is difficult to comprehend. 10 million dead in the Belgian Congo, 35 million in British India. The Spanish conquest of South America resulted in an estimated 56 million deaths, including several million from European diseases brought to its shores. Such suffering merits remembrance for the same reason we remember war, to ensure it never happens again. So why does Europe remember casualties of war while forgetting deaths in its ex-colonies? Professor Santanu Das, author of India, Empire, and First World War Culture, is a leading voice in First World War studies, specializing in the memory of colonial troops. He believes it's not possible to commemorate colonial deaths as we do for the war. Even though we accept the horrors of the war and the unprecedented loss of lives, he says, the stories of camaraderie and endurance nonetheless have the power to inspire us, and so the images of the doomed generation come to us today with a sort of romantic glow. There is nothing of the sort in memories of colonialism, he continues. What we have are images of exploitation and ideologies based on racist discrimination, and this retrospective embarrassment, awkwardness, and anger. If Europeans wish to commemorate colonial victims, the Remembrance Day framework of poetry, poppies, and pan-European romance 
won't work. Instead, we might look to the only country in Europe that is accustomed to seeing itself as a perpetrator. Germany's defeat in the world wars and its crimes during the Holocaust have necessitated an entirely different model of memorialization, Kollektivschuld, or collective guilt. This means Germany rarely invests in war memory. The country committed just 4.5 million euros of public funds to mark the anniversary of the First World War, equating to only 1.60 euro spent per German war death, compared with 35 euros per French death and 60 euros per British death. Instead, Germany invests in memories that remind its citizens of the catastrophic impact of the country's imperialism, militarism and fascism. Germany's schoolchildren don't visit battlefields. They visit Jewish cemeteries to polish and prune the graves of Holocaust victims. Where London and Paris are crowded with military iconography, Berlin instead invested 25 million euros in building the memorial to the murdered Jews of Europe, a vast assemblage of concrete slabs positioned in the very center of the German capital. German citizens have even taken memory curation into their own hands. The Stolpersteine Stumbling Stones project is the initiative of artist Gunther Demnig. In 1992, Demnig began replacing paving stones with brass plaques commemorating victims of Nazi persecution and extermination. The stones were always laid outside the victim's last place of residence. Today, over 75,000 stumbling stones are in place across 26 European countries, making Stolpersteine the largest decentralized memorial in the world. Gunther's idea was to shift people's view to show the persecution actually started here. Everyone was part of it. They were our neighbors, explains Anna Vada, project coordinator at Stolpersteine. Unlike the statues Europeans spent the summer pulling down, this type of memorial is democratic, bottom-up, and community-focused. When people get involved, they get the feeling of having a free choice. It's their decision to remember. It's not a state order, says Varda. People even feel responsible for them and go on a regular basis to clean the stones. And when stones get damaged or stolen, the public response is amazing. We get a lot of donations, which means we can place even more stones. Stolpersteine has inspired similar projects commemorating the victims of dictatorship in Argentina and Chile, and the project team are currently collaborating across the Atlantic on a memorial to those killed in the Chicago race riots of 1919. In a year that's seen Black Lives Matter protests sweep across Europe, the Stolpersteine model of remembrance might help activists on the continent to illustrate that black lives mattered in colonial times too. I'm fairly optimistic. I think we have the first seeds there that will create change, says Sirp. There is evidently movement on the supranational, on the national, and on the local grassroots level to revive colonial memory. When these three actors come together, Europe will have the opportunity to revise its relationship with its imperial past and unsilence colonial memory. Do you like listening to our stories? Dive into all our readouts from this issue or previous ones. Or listen to our original stories at our main RW Europe channel. Just search for it wherever you get your earful of audio. And don't forget to sign up as a member at rweeurope.com member. As a member, you will connect with storytellers across the continents and be first in line for all our special multimedia stories and events. You'll also receive our beautiful print magazine four times a year. So go ahead and sign up at rweeurope.com slash member.